you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, if this is a new concept for you, stick around. If you think the idea of enjoying your work in this economy at this time of year... With all the uncertainty about mergers, acquisitions, downsizing, firings, if you think it's impossible to enjoy your work, stick with us. This is the podcast where we talk about ways to be weird, ways to be abnormal, ways to not get sucked into that common way of thinking about work. We're going to be talking about real life questions you, the listeners, have submitted, things where we can decide together how to move out of the norm and how to have how to find or create work that is, in fact, meaningful, purposeful, fulfilling, joyful, peaceful, all those things. And guess what? And profitable. Don't need to leave that out. That comes along often in unexpected ways when you really have found work that you love. Well, I am Dan Miller. The title 48 Days comes from a book I wrote a few years ago, 48 Days to the Work You Love. I'm sure many of you are familiar with that, but uh, that continues to do well in conveying a message that this is a possibility. It's more than just a faint possibility. It's something any of you can do. Those of you who are already on that path, congratulations. I'm always tweaking it. It's not something you just figure out one time. It's an ongoing journey and an exciting one at that. Well, here's some of the questions we're going to be talking about today. Dan, you know, no one would buy art in this economy. What should I do? How about this one? I make my own power cables, speaker cables, and interconnects that trounce monster cable. Can I make this a business? What kinds of self-employment would you recommend to the C personality type? What podcast do you listen to and recommend? Hey, I'm eager to get to that. I'll share a bunch of stuff. Dan, I've been selling real estate for three months now with little success. When should I give up? Dan, I find myself fraught with fears and anxieties as I think of the year to come. Well, we're going to be looking at those things. Here's a quotation for us today. This comes from Teddy Roosevelt, Theodore Roosevelt. Far better it is to dare mighty things, to win glorious triumphs, even though checkered by failure, than to rank with those poor spirits who neither enjoy much nor suffer much because they live in a gray twilight that knows not victory nor defeat. Boy, do I believe that. I did an interview this week, one of the podcasts that I'm going to recommend, Entrepreneur on Fire, but I did an interview with them and the interviewee, or the interviewer rather, John asked me about failure in my life and I identified a couple things and I said, you know, yeah, those are failures, but could I be where I am today without having gone through those? I don't think so. So were they failures or were they necessary steps to get to where I am today? If they were necessary steps to get to where I am today, then I'm glad I went through those. And in that sense, it could be considered a positive experience. It could be considered education, learning, wisdom, all kinds of things that have positive connotations rather than failure. So my view of failure is don't stop there. It's what is this leading you to? And I've certainly reframed some of those experiences in my own life. Well, let me talk about a little bit, uh, a couple successes. I like to start off each week with things that people are doing that are exciting. And I've got more than I can share. We, you know, we, we may just divert at some point an entire podcast just to some of the amazing things that are happening. Let me tell you about a, a couple real quick. I highlighted this week on 48days.net, our growing social network community of people who really are doing things that are interesting and fun and profitable. Check it out if you aren't already a member, 48days.net. Great community, no membership fee. It's just a place where you can link arms with people and learn from them and offer your own advice and get more quickly to your own success. Accelerate your own path to success. Anyway, I highlighted as a member of the week, Mike Sparks. I've known Mike for a long, long time now, but Mike, when I first met him, was working at the Nissan manufacturing plant right here close by in Smyrna, Tennessee. He would come to the Monday night classes that Joanne and I were doing at Christ Church years ago. This is about 12, this is about 12 years ago, I guess. 
he had this dream to do something more than just be a line worker on the assembly line plant. But he was making like $45,000 a year. You know, had great benefits, uh, didn't have a college degree or anything beyond high school. And everybody was saying, well, geez, that's pretty good for your position. You know, you'd be an idiot to leave there and do, do something else. Well, I was the one lone voice that said, geez, if you got a dream, why wouldn't you do it? And he started experimenting with selling cars online. He was one of the first Tennessee dealers to start selling cars online. One of the first cars he sold was a Jaguar convertible to a doctor in Puerto Rico and had to be shipped down there. And I thought, geez, that's pretty cool. But he made like $4,500 on the transaction. I said, good grief, Mike. If you do one of those a month, you're going to duplicate your income. Why wouldn't you do this? This can't be that difficult. Well, he left his job at Nissan, much to the dismay of family and friends around him, and started selling cars. Well, he was extraordinarily successful in selling cars, primarily online. He has a 100% rating selling cars online and sold hundreds of cars. I personally have have purchased 11 cars from Mike in the last few years, but in that success establishing himself as a respected businessman and community he also wanted to get more involved in the community itself he became a city councilman an elected position became a city councilman served in that capacity for a couple of years and then he called me one day and he said man i think i'm going to take a, a shot at state representative and i thought oh mike you got to be kidding me i mean at that point i'm even thinking geez you're really shooting high here i mean you, you don't have a college degree you know you're just kind of a rough country bumpkin you're going to go for state representative and he was going up against a longtime incumbent a democrat who's an attorney who has is well solidified in the community but mike got out here and just talked to people i mean he wore out shoes one after another by just walking the streets talking to people about real life concerns and got elected won the election as state representative he just was re-elected for his second term Amazing guy, an amazing story. He came to our open house on Saturday here that we had at 48 Days, and it just reminded me of his path that he's taken in the last few years. But love those kind of stories. And uh, certainly he's in a position now to make a difference in his community, his family, his state, and really around the world. A couple others, a couple artists. Artists often say, well, Gee, Dan, nobody's going to buy art in this economy. They're just paying the essentials, trying to keep the lights on their house. Who would buy art? Debbie Dearman, one of our artists in 48days.net. Incidentally, all these Mike's an active member of 48days.net. Debbie is, and anybody I talk about here is. But Debbie is has a musician background. Uh, she and her husband have written worship music for years, has a have a illustrious background in that arena, but... A couple of years ago, she started losing her voice. She's had some really serious problems with her vocal cords and was not able to sing any longer. And she thought, wow, what else could I do in this period of time where I'm trying to just let my voice heal, but I want to have some kind of creative outlet? Less than a year ago, she started painting. She comes to the art class that's here at the sanctuary on Wednesdays, a group of gals that are out here doing their thing. But she started painting less than a year ago. She's 59 years old, incidentally. And I'm sure she wouldn't mind me sharing that. But again, this is not where you have to figure everything out when you're 18 years old. No, she was 59, started painting. She just had an art show at a friend's house down in Alabama. So it's it's not even in her hometown. Her friend promoted it on Facebook, just used social media, to get her friends to come to her house. Debbie sold in a one-day art show 25 pieces of art and got five commissioned tasks to do beyond that. Now, I won't share the figures financially, but it's pretty astounding. She sold 25 pieces in one art show and got five commissioned pieces to do beyond that. Don't tell me nobody's buying art in this economy. It's still a matter of getting out there, being extraordinary in what you do. Now, here's another artist, Dorsey McHugh. Again, 48days.net member. She's the teacher of the art class that I mention frequently where the gals come here on, on Wednesdays. The class that Joanne's in and my daughter Ashley and my granddaughter Clara are all part of this. But Dorsey, so here we are in Christmas. Well, yeah, people typically aren't going to buy art, you know, in December. Well, Dorsey decided she was going to do the 12 days of Christmas. Here's how she did it. 
check out this innovative kind of idea. She decided she was going to do the 12 days starting with December 1st. So the 12 days of Christmas, first 12 days, where she would do one eight by eight canvas. Now this is acrylic on canvas. Now Dorsey has a real distinct style and you can go, incidentally, you can find Debbie's painting too. It's uh, she's on Facebook, like Debbie Dearman fine art. It's Debbie D E B Y D E A R M A N. But you can find those links through her profile in 48days.net or just search for Debbie Dearman. But Dorsey McHugh is also on there. And Dorsey decided she was going to do 12 days of Christmas. One painting she sent out just to her audience, just to her fans, that she was going to do an 8 by 8 $300. And she wrote a little story to go with each one. Now, she's doing a painting a day, keep in mind here. And so she was going to put those out there, $300 a piece. Well, they sold out way in advance before she actually did them people were saying i want you know day 10 if that's the first one that's available i don't care what you do and now she's going to just continue that she's going to continue for another 12 days so at the very least she's going to have 24 paintings at 300 dollars a day that she's doing leading into christmas now is that cool or what i mean i love these kind of stories that just keep coming up at the open house on Saturday, had a couple show up that I hadn't seen in in a long time. Lee and Vanessa Lentz. I worked with them as clients of mine 12 years ago. He was a magician, a Christian magician. So, you know, he's not going to go do the Vegas things or whatever particularly, but, you know, he was doing birthday parties where they'd pay him 50 bucks, 100 bucks or whatever. And he really wanted to leverage that. Now, I'm you know, I thought, geez, magic. And I thought, well, if you're going to do that, you need to get into the corporate arena where you can use that skill in a way that you then have you know, corporate dollars being written. Well, he's done exactly that. He does like new product demonstrations where they use magic to draw a crowd and he integrates a new product demonstration in that. His typical fee, I think, is $15,000 a day to do that. Now, they're going to be here. Lee and Vanessa have agreed to come to our Innovate Conference. You can check on the dates of those. The first one is in April, I believe. We're going to have two of those in 2013. And we're going to have people like Michael Hyatt is going to be here. Chad Jeffers, who guitarist with Carrie Underwood. Dorsey McHugh, the artist I just talked about, is going to be here. My wife, Joanne, with some other creative things. And Lee and Vanessa Lentz with Magic to show you how you can take these creative skills and turn them into real income streams. Lee and Vanessa have done extremely well. They're going to come. I'm really excited about that, about having them here. They'll wow us with their magic. They were blowing the minds of my little grandkids the other day, Clara and Ellie, three and five years old, and Lee would open his wallet and flames would shoot up like six inches high. Well, they thought that was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. So he, he does a whole bunch of stuff. But um, you can go to their website, too, Lee and Vanessa Lentz, or just go to Lee Lentz, L-E-N-T-Z, and you can see a little demonstration there. He, he tears up a newspaper, and then all of a sudden it's all back together again. I don't know how the heck he does that stuff, but it's amazing to see these unique things that you can take, unique skills and gifts, and turn those into real parts of real businesses. People are doing it every day, yes, in this economy, yes, with the politicians in place that are. You know, yes, with all the doubters around us, whatever. Make sure you're hanging around people who believe in your dreams, not somebody who's tearing you down. Well, let me jump into the questions. John from Wisconsin says, I've developed an investment strategy that I think would fit perfectly into a membership website newsletter model. However, I'm not sure where to begin. Here's the small list of questions that have me mentally stalled. How do I build credibility so people will subscribe? How should I market my website newsletter? Where should I go to set up a member news or member website? How do I research what price to use? I was going to see what other investment newsletters charge. Am I on the right track in terms of my research strategy? Well, when you talk about having an investment strategy and you're going to promote that through a membership website newsletter model, I think I personally, I think that's the wrong approach. 
if you don't have a massive audience already, now if you have a massive audience already, and so you're going to take a small subset of that audience and have a membership site for them and a newsletter that they pay for, that's fine. But if you're starting out to do that initially, I think is the chicken before the egg or the egg before the chicken, whichever you choose. I think it's a backward strategy. I would say use a website, a social networking site, or a newsletter to build your audience. Then have things within that audience that you can offer that create income for you. But here's the deal. Let's just take 48days.net as an example. We now have over 12,000 members that are there. So I have 12,000 raving fans who are a ready audience for anything that I promote. So if I promote a new ebook, let's just use this as an example. So I promote a new ebook and we're going to put it out there. So I'm going to write on, you know, how to, how to create your own mastermind group, which I did recently. So we have something like that. Let's say that only uh, I'm going to have a book and I'm going to promote it at $17. Only 10% of the people are going to say, yeah, I want that. So we have, well, in that case, it would be you know, 1,200 people. So 1,200 people say, yeah, gee, that's something cool. That's something that I want. Well, I've just created $20,000 out of that. Now, what if, I, what if I did not have an audience at all? So nobody ever heard of Dan Miller, and I put an ebook out there on how to create a mastermind group at $17. Am I going to find 1,200 people that will buy that? Well, possibly, but it's going to be pretty tough. I would rather have a large audience where I'm feeding them free information readily where then a small subset out of that group at any time will respond to anything that I have that's a paid for product or service. I would encourage you to do that rather than come right out of the gate with a membership website. Can it be done? Yes. Can I give you some information on how to do that? Well, yes. If, if you, I'll put these in the show links as well, the podcast notes. But if you want to set up a member website, I would suggest using ning.com. That's who we use for 48days.net. So ning.com, you can use those. If you want to understand membership websites, check out Stu McLaren's information. His website is My Idea Guy. My Idea Guy. But just Google Stu McLaren, M-C-L-A-R-E-N, and you'll find that. I'll also put in the show notes again a, a link to Mike Hyatt's webcast. It's just real short, but it's how to launch a self-hosted web WordPress blog. And a blog site like that is really all that you need. Well, if you're going to charge membership, that's a little different. We're back to back to your other issue on that. Um, you know, I, I've got a note here from another from uh, Kevin from Kentucky. Just as a suggestion for the person talking about setting up a website, use squarespace.com. That's another resource I'm not familiar with. You can check that out as how to start as well. But really back to your original question, I think you're going to find yourself with a very, very tiny audience. A lot of people started membership websites and you know, two years later they have 38. I, I know one, as a matter of fact, who's a very big name, a name who you recognize very easily. They started a membership website, and after three years, they have 38 members. I think that's sad, and, uh, but I think it's a backward way to do it in the current social networking, internet marketing kind of world that we have. I think it's a backward way to do it. I would encourage you to build an audience first, then offer those things that create income later. Randy from Austin, Texas. Dan, I have a friend who, along with his wife, make their living selling on eBay and their own websites. He used to be in the car business working long hours. He started selling on eBay on the side and eventually made more there than his full-time job at the dealership and quit. He says, I should take my ideas for high-end audio components and sell them on eBay. I make my own power cables, speaker cables, interconnects that trounce monster cable and all that other mediocre <laughs> mid-fi stuff. What do you think? There's already other people and companies building cable and speakers out there. Well, Randy, there are always going to be other people doing the same thing as you. I mean, really, when we look for great business ideas, 
if nobody else is doing it, there's probably reasons nobody else is doing it. And to be the very first person in is a very difficult place to be because then you have to educate people on the need. That's a tough place to be. It's a whole lot easier to make money coming into a space where there's a whole lot of other players already and all you need to do is do it 10% better. All you need to do is find that USP. What makes you unique? That's what you need to do. So as an example, if 30 years ago I was going to introduce pizza in the United States, well, we hear about it in Italy, you know, but it's kind of, it's that thin, crusty stuff. Americans don't even like true Italian pizza. I would have a real job trying to convince people to try this new food item. But today we have Little Caesars, CC's, Papa John's, Pizza Hut, and the list goes on and on and on and on. You know what? It's a whole lot easier to start a pizza business and be successful today than it would have been 30 years ago. All you have to do, take as an example what Domino's did when they got into the pizza business. You would think, well, I'm going to get into a crowded field already. I either need to make a better pizza or sell it cheaper. Domino's did neither one of those things. What they chose to do is guarantee 30-minute delivery and made millionaires all across the country. So it's easier to take something where there's a lot of competitors. So don't be concerned about that. If you're going to sell power cable, speaker cables, things that trounce monster cable, hey, that's cool. Jump in there. I think it sounds like a great opportunity. I mean, techies who really care about being the best, having the best, they flock to equipment like what you're describing. I mean, come up with a cool brand name that's going to describe. So it's not monster cable. It's something else. You know, come up with a, a trademark name so that people start sharing. They want to have that. They'll spread the news like wildfire. I mean, I, I look for things that have that unique little edge. I mean, right now I'm, Joanne knows I've, I'm, I'm tracking some things on eBay. I've got spring fever already. Here it is, December. I've got spring fever already. I'm looking for a new ride for spring, and I'm actually watching the Lingerfelter Corvettes. Now, if you know Lingerfelter, I mean, these are not just your ordinary run-of-the-mill off-the-production-line Corvettes. These have been modified radically. I mean, a C5 twin-turbo Lingerfelter Corvette has 800 horsepower. They claim 0 to 60 in 1.97 seconds. Now, I know. You ask, well, who who cares? Why would you? Well, (laughs) those are the kind of things that turn my crank. Jeez, I get goosebumps just thinking about it. I mean, is it necessary? No. Is it desirable? You better stink and believe it. It is. So having things that are really in a niche, really high end, like you're talking about with your cables and connections and speakers and all sure go for it but you you don't have to i mean this is the kind of thing you don't have to just burn any bridges to try it try your idea experiment put some things on ebay set up a website and you can have a very low dollar investment to try out is this idea going to work so you establish yourself as you go Well, David from Pennsylvania, Dan, I just completed the 48 days personality profile. It has placed me in the C personality type. I found this to be very insightful. I would like to know what kinds of self-employment you would recommend to the C personality type. Well, if you recall the DISC profile that David is referring to, the D-I-S-C, D is for dominance, somebody bold, daring, aggressive, opinionated, Donald Trump, Ted Turner, Oprah kind of personality. I is somebody who's real influencing, cheerleader, gregarious, Robin Williams kind of person. S is somebody who's steady, likes to keep things the same. Somebody got a job at General Motors. I had lunch the other day with somebody who got a job at General Motors. Been there for 37 years. He's got five more years, and then he's going to retire, and you know that'll be his career. One company all the way through. That's typical of an S personality. Um, David says he's a C personality, somebody who's very detailed, analytical, logical, methodical, and so on. So what kind of a business to be self-employed? You are not going to want to open a shop down the street. You know, let's say that you um, are going to open up a Sweet CC's. Sweet CC's we have here locally. They're based here, and it's yogurt, where you go in and get your own yogurt, walk down a line, put your own toppings on it. You get to the end, they throw it on a scale, and you pay by the weight. Really cool concept. 
you are not going to want that business. I don't care how successful it shows it to be because you're not the kind of person that's going to want to deal with you know, all these people, 800 people coming in all through there. They don't have your same standards for perfection and cleanliness and excellence and all that. They spill things, bump into each other, walk out without paying, pay $2 and then moan and complain about what they get. Not your kind of business at all. What you want is something that embraces your desire to be more behind the scenes, something that's based on systems. Here's an example. The Sunday paper comes. It's got in there that little insert. It's usually called American Profile or something like that. You flip through there, and in the back, it's got a bird feeder. So the bird feeder is $19.99, and we know that it wouldn't be there unless they had done a lot of testing. Somebody with a C personality is the kind of person we want to test that idea. So you run it in half of the country where it's nine ninety five, half of the country where it's nineteen ninety five, and you see where you get really the best overall results. I mean, sometimes people don't buy something because it's priced too low. You may get more people to respond at nineteen ninety five than you did at nine ninety five. You may tweak the copy a little bit. Give it a different name, have a different kind of call out, a different kind of sentence that leads you into getting people's attention. Those are things that need to be tested, 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 tested. That's the kind of thing that you can do where all of a sudden you've got a business model. You can make a quarter of a million dollars a year and you never see or talk to a customer. Now, even the things that I do here at 48 Days, when you think about it, most of the things that I do here that generate revenue are systems based. I never pick up the phone to call somebody. I never go talk to somebody, knock on doors to sell them anything. It's based on systems that are in place. So you can look at some of what we do as a model for what would fit a C personality. There are a lot of things you would do. Just embrace what you know about yourself. That being, you don't want to be thrown into an environment where you have to do nose-to-nose selling. You don't want to be put in an environment where you've got you know, 30 and employees that show up every morning maybe something where you are a solopreneur or an eaglepreneur where you're the only one in the business no limitations you can keep growing a business exponentially even without having employees or bricks and mortar so look for those kind of things that embrace what you know about yourself certainly possible in the old days of thinking that if you're going to start a business it's going to be a bowling alley a service station a restaurant a hardware store none of those would fit you as a c personality but in today's environment you can have a legitimate business where it doesn't involve anything that those businesses those traditional businesses would this comes from brian who says dan i'm a huge fan of your work i'm at a job i enjoy but looking to put my goals together for next year to increase my time freedom so i can spend more time with my family my question is you mentioned that you listen to podcasts when you work out what podcast do you listen to and recommend i have some travel time to and from work would like to find some more to listen to thanks for all your work and merry christmas brian well thanks for your note brian well here's some that i listen to now i use stitcher it's a app it is essentially creating my own little radio station so i have all these um i have all these programs these podcasts that are listed as part of stitcher and what i do i mean look for my the rest of my list here i lost part of my list here it is okay here's some of the podcasts that i listen to regularly smart passive income with pat flynn entree leadership podcast now that comes from dave ramsey's office Chris Lucurto hosts that. Entrepreneur on Fire. Hey, I'll put a, a link in the podcast notes for the brand new issue of that. Entrepreneur on Fire, the newest one, is me. It's uh, John Dumas interviewing me. He did a great job of asking questions. The entire transcript is there, but you can listen to it. And it's about 45 minutes long, I think. But he asked really good questions and really made me think back to some things in my path to getting here and some of those things having to do with failure. So check out Entrepreneur on Fire. Podcast Answer Man, Cliff Ravenscraft. You hear me talk about that. Beyond the To-Do List, This Is Your Life, Michael Hyatt, In the Loop, Andy Andrews, Finding Your Voice, Joel Bogus, Your Move with Pastor Andy Stanley. I mean, those are some of the things that I that I listen to, some of the podcasts that I listen to. Uh, Joel Osteen, I usually listen to catch Joel's sermons. I mean, Joel's sermons. Now, now here's the thing, too. I listen to a lot of podcasts. 
And I'll put all these, I'll put links to these so you can review those. With Stitcher, it gives you the option to vary the listening speed. As an example, I used to joke about this because I thought, no, I don't want to sound like Alvin and the Chipmunks, but somebody like Joel Osteen. Now, Joel's a good old Southern Texas boy, and he talks in a pretty slow drawl when he talks. His sermons are usually 28 minutes long because they're nationally broadcast and they have their little lead-in and intro and outro on TV, so 28 minutes. I listen to those at double the speed, and it makes him sound pretty normal when he's talking. Well, that means I listen to his sermon in 14 minutes. So I get a lot of content in by varying the speed. I'm not promoting that, and I don't do that on everybody, certainly, but I usually listen to two complete podcasts within my 60 minutes of being on the treadmill in the morning. So I do get a lot of that in. Well, just a reminder, you're listening to Dan Meller on the 48 Days Online radio show. If you got a question... Be happy to entertain that. You can just go to the 48days.com site, click on the podcast link. You'll see a little box jump up there where you can submit your question. You can also do it in an audio manner if you want to. There's a little speak link. You just click on that. Just start talking. I get an instant email with your audio message there. Be glad to introduce some of those as well. Hey, keep in mind, we've got some events coming up here at the sanctuary. The next one is going to be coaching with excellence. This is one that is a lot of fun where people who want to be coaches and it can be that you want to be a, a cool car coach. You can be a gardening coach, an art coach, life coach, career coach, spiritual coach, parenting coach. I mean, we see every variation of coaches, but coaching just being the term that's the umbrella for all these where you're going to help people move to higher levels of success and you've been doing that already because people ask you about your area of expertise but you want to know how to frame that so you can position yourself as a real coach and earn real money in doing that well that's what we cover how to position yourself as a coach and how to prosper in these times in being a coach adam from michigan says Since I discovered your podcast several weeks ago, I've listened to every podcast I could find of yours. I found your words of wisdom very helpful. Thanks for your work. I'm 20 years old, have been doing sales out of state previously. I've moved back to my hometown. I'm in the process of picking a network marketing company. I'm I'm currently not working and have about four months of savings. Is it worth getting a job in sales to keep a steady income, or am I better off jumping into network marketing with both feet if I plan on doing it? full time any suggestions on choosing a company you know you're approaching this really well adam because it's not like oh my gosh you got this company it's going to save everybody and everybody's going to be cured of arthritis cancer and brain tumors if they take this pill and you're now just that big you know you're saying you're a sales guy so you are simply choosing network marketing as the business model that you want to use to continue your sales career. That's a really healthy approach to this. That is not how most people approach this. Most people are swayed by somebody that says, oh my gosh, if you use this shampoo, now it only costs $38.50 a bottle you know, for this shampoo, but if you use this, it's going to make your hair just the most luscious thing you ever saw. And so they're wowed by the seeming effects of some new product some greater, better, bigger product comes along and they jump into network marketing, not understanding what the business model of network marketing is all about. Now I have some concerns about the business model of network marketing and how it's used typically. Typically it means that people are recruiting others to get involved in the business and they recruit anybody who breathes. That is a real disservice to 99% of the people that are being recruited, 99% of the people you meet out there are not candidates to be successful in network marketing. If you believe in the product, yes, you have to do that. It is a good company. Yes, that's important. But ultimately, it has to be a good fit for you in terms of the business model. So you can choose, if you know network marketing as a business model that works well for you, you can choose a variety of companies. You can choose 
from a hundred different ones. Explore different ones. Choose a product that you really are excited about that you can believe in where you would use the product even if there were not a business opportunity connected with it. Now that right there is going to eliminate most people who get involved because they would not pay the prices for the product if there were not a business opportunity involved. Can you hold your head high, do well in network marketing? Yes, you can. Usually what happens is a lot of people are wounded along the way. I mean, we know statistically less than 1% of the people who get involved in network marketing ever recapture their initial investment. Less than 1%. I mean, Amway, one of the biggest ones out there, you know, they are forced now to disclose that the average Amway distributor makes like $88 a month. So it's not for beginners. It's not for amateurs. Now to your question, should you get another job while you start this? You've got four months of savings. Frankly, if you're a good fit for the business model of network marketing, you can probably be up and running in four months. And it may be wise for you to do that rather than diverting your attention to something else. Now, I would, I would encourage you to have some benchmarks along the way whereby you see that this is really working and four months is a really short period of time. I mean, typically to really get some momentum, you're talking a couple years of developing contacts and working with people that you do recruit and building a real viable business. But can you be up and running and generating significant income in four months if this is a good fit for you? Sure. Yeah, you can do that. I don't have any recommendations on companies. There's just tons of them out there and I don't rank them as being, you know, it's not a matter of the one right company or the best product ever heard. I mean, there are so many nutritional products out there that are going to cure everything. So many health drinks that you drink. I mean, I talk about drinking my smoothie here. I have people contact me every day about these products are going to revolutionize my life. I can just take a pill. I don't have to make a smoothie. Well, whatever, but i I mean, I have, I have my bottles full of thing in our refrigerator at any given time, the newest drink where you just drink a little thimble full every day and it's going to cure everything. I mean, I, I appreciate new products coming along and, and Joanna and I try lots of things. Am I going to try to sway lots of people thinking that this is the best company? I mean, that's what people really want. They want me with an audience that we have to tell people, oh my gosh, you got to get involved with XYZ company. Well, you don't hear me doing that. You aren't going to hear me doing that. I mean, there are there things that I use. I mean, even like send out cards. I mean, you probably have received those. Send out cards. It's an automated system. I am a distributor or member, whatever they call it. I don't even know because I don't pay any attention to it. But I have the, the access to go in. I have an account where I can go in and I can say I want to send a card to you know Sutton Parks because he just sent me a box of candy. And I can whip out a card just online that gets sent. That's a network marketing company. How many people have I recruited over the three members that I've been a member and part of that? Zero. Now, if somebody hears me talk about it and they decide to go check it out, that's fine. I don't even care if they come through me. I'm not looking to build a business in that particular way. Is it a good company? Yes, it is. There's lots of other things. There is a drink that I take every day. There are pills that I take, but I'm not going to promote those as that's the only thing, the best thing. You experiment, find something that really works for you. Again, yeah, multi-level marketing, you know, network marketing, legitimate business model, but don't be, don't do it like everybody else. Do it differently. So you don't have to hide your face when you go have Thanksgiving dinner with the family because you talked six of your cousins into getting involved and they blew a thousand bucks and have nothing to show for it. That, that you don't want. Vana from Nashville says, my husband has found that he really enjoys making models of vehicles from movies like Star Wars ships, he's pretty good at it. Is it possible to create an income from this? I doubt it. Now, when you talk about making models, I assume you're talking about like the little 128 scale, like cars that I have set around in my office here, those kind of models. The intricacies involved in making those one at a time would be unfathomable. I mean, there'd be no way in the world to be compensated for the time that it would take to make a model like that. I mean, you end up making three cents an hour for your time. The only way that would work is if you had mass production of some kind. So, I mean, I, I mean, these things are done all the time. I mean, the original movie cars 
was released in 2006. Now that movie I happen to know, you know, it made a respectable 462 million in worldwide box office receipts. But the real story is in the ancillary sales. Now that's one I'm familiar with because I love the movie. I've got grandsons who love the merchandise and we get everything that they have. Their target audience is boys from two to eight years old. Now, again, they made $462 million from the movie, but they have made an estimated $8 billion in product sales and licensing. They continue with that movie that came out in 2006. So what is that? Seven years ago, they continue to haul in around $2 billion a year in licensing for products. And that includes, you know, those little cars that were in there. And of course the shirts and hats and all kinds of other things as well. But yeah, there's a real, there's a really big market in what you're talking about, but it can't be that he's making anything one at a time. It have to be some kind of a licensing deal where he does a prototype and then they duplicate it a hundred and hundred times over and over and over again. So eh, secondhand, is it possible? Yeah. But just doing them one at a time. No, I it, probably impossible to work. Anthony Decker says, then I've been trying to re- transition from my factory job where I work swing shifts, day, night, midnights to selling real estate. I've been selling real estate for three months now with little success, one listing and one and zero sold. Wow. Three months, one listing, zero sold. How long should it take to transition between two career fields? When should I give up and try another passion? Well, three months is a short period of time for real estate, but at the same time, there's this is a real red flag to have one listing and zero sales in that period of time. I mean, you need to really look at how are you prospecting are you working a neighborhood where you're talking to people one at a time? I mean, one listing in zero sodia is minimal results. If you're sitting in an office waiting for people to walk in and say, I've got a house I want to sell, or oh, we're buyers, we want to buy, you're, you're going to starve. It's not going to work. You're going to have a very, you're going to have to have a very active marketing plan in order to make this work, to get you going initially. Now, there are systems out there whereby once you start selling, I mean, Joe Stump has a system, and he trademarked the term by referral only. And he says if you've sold three houses, you should never have to ask for a referral again. I mean, because those people, if you know how to ask for referrals, that'll come in, you get listing sales from what you're doing there. Joe Girard is listing the Guinness Book of Records for car sales. He sold at a Chevy dealership in Chicago. Well, he didn't go out knocking on doors, but he did so many creative things. He rewarded people who sent him customers. He rewarded the customers. I mean, he just had people lining up. I mean, he sold like 3,000 cars a year for multiple years running. Well, you do the math on that. I mean, for somebody to be selling 10, 12 cars a day, I mean, that's ridiculous. But he did that because of the systems that he had in place. You need to be hanging around people who are top players in real estate, Anthony. Find people who are doing what you want to do and learn from them. And there are people here in the Nashville area, certainly. I don't know where you're from, but certainly there you can find people anywhere who are top, top players. Learn from them. Watch what they're doing. I mean, Tony Robbins, his entire system, and he's made millions and millions of dollars teaching people how to go to higher levels of performance. His primary concept is find somebody who's doing what you want to do and model their behavior. That's it. You you can read all his books, go to all his seminars. That's the core concept. Modeling. Find somebody. And, of course, that's one of the key characteristics of of high high achievers in any field is they find ways to spend time with people who are already performing at the level at which they want to perform. So if you can't increase the numbers dramatically there, then maybe real estate isn't for you. So I'm not sure if it's a matter that you haven't researched how to do, you know, how to be in real estate sales, but uh, yeah, you need to turn the corner really quickly here or else you need to find something else to do. 
Let me go to... Okay, Marco says, I've been with the Leather Goods Company for 14 years as an operations manager. I enjoy what I do, but on the other hand, I'm afraid of being in the situation of the frog in the slow-boiling pot, which is a story out of No More Mondays. According to my personality report, precisionist, my passion and talents are for creation of video and audio, putting them together. In the past, I've done some short video biographies of friends and family, which told me, which people told me they really liked. Recently, I believe God has given me an idea for a unique and powerful script for a movie or book. Can you guide me as to how to proceed with a script idea? Any recommendation of books? How can I use my current experience in this industry? Uh, Marco, number one, keep your day job. I mean, this idea God gave you for a unique and powerful script for a movie. I mean, boy, you talk about a long shot. I mean, now, do I believe in big dreams? Sure. I mean, we've talked about that a lot here, but I mean, this, this is more than a needle in a haystack. This is a needle in 500 haystacks to write a script. Unless you have a tremendously strong background and reputation in that, that's going to go anywhere. What I would encourage you to do is find a couple groups of screenwriters in your area. Just look for meetup groups for screenwriters. You're going to find them in any town. Homestead, Florida, I'm sure you can find them. Check on Facebook. Learn from rubbing shoulders with people already doing what you want to do, just like I was telling a previous questionnaire here. I would invest a whole lot of time doing that refining your movie script running it past other people editors who look at it i mean connect with anybody who will give you feedback on it but is there a direct line process for having a great idea doing a script and getting that turned into a movie absolutely not there are hundreds of thousands of people trying to do what you're talking about and connecting those dots is not even a logical systematic kind of process there has to be a whole lot of factors involved but you need to get out there connect with other people who are doing the same thing. So you become recognized as somebody who has a good contribution to make, maybe turn it into a book, you know, get a book. If a book does get out there, you, you write a book like the help. And all of a sudden people are reading that. Absolutely. That'll get turned into a movie. So that may be a better way to start. Let me go add one more here quickly. This comes from Tamara who says, Dan, I thank you for your encouraging program. You talk about planning for the year in advance. Is there a spiritual aspect of this planning period? Do you pray as you approach your thoughts and ideas for the coming year? If so, how do you pray? In my own experience, I find myself fraught with fears and anxieties as I think of the year to come. This makes planning very unpleasant. I wonder if the problem is that I need to ask God for his help before I even begin. Thank you and bless you and your family. Tamara. Well, fears and anxieties are, are the opposite of faith. I mean, spiritual faith should wipe out fears and anxieties. So you, you, you can't have fears and anxieties and be praying in a manner that I would want to be praying. They just can't exist together. I mean, there's all kinds of scripture. You know, Proverbs, an anxious heart weighs a man down, but a kind word cheers him up. Psalms, I sought the Lord. He heard me, delivered me from all my fears. Philippians, do not be anxious about anything, but present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds. I mean, we have all those things. Cast your anxiety on him because he cares for you. You can't continue to live with fear and anxiety and even have effective prayer. Now, this may seem like circular talk here, but I would encourage you to be very realistic about looking for ways to reduce and eliminate your fear and anxiety. Now, do I pray? Do I ask for God for his help before I begin the process? Absolutely. But I have this amazing confidence in what the new year is going to bring. I'm not fearful. I'm so excited I can't sit still. I mean, that's the way I approach this. That comes a lot from my spiritual faith, my confidence that God has given me a future and a hope. I mean, everything we read leads us to believe that. So if you are a praying person, it ought to very quickly walk you out of being fraught with fears and anxieties. To live there means that your faith is very, very small. I mean, faith by definition means that we're walking ahead, not knowing exactly what's up ahead, but being confident that good things are coming up ahead. So, yeah, by all means, pray. I mean, I, I last night I... I stepped out of my office. I had a late um, appointment and I stepped out of my office. It was about nine o'clock 
and I was just going to walk back over to our house. I stopped. The moon and the stars were so vivid. It was one of those cool, crisp fall nights. It just took your breath away, and it did mine. And I stood there and audibly thanked God for the beauty of the earth that I am privileged to experience day after day. I mean, I pray constantly. I mean, I, when I sit down you know, for a meal, if I'm with people who aren't used to praying, am I offended by that? Do I stop everybody you know, for a time? No, I don't feel that... Th- my my life is going to be interrupted. My life is not interrupted with prayer. My life is a continuous prayer, is what I'm saying. So, yeah, I'm, I'm bathing everything that I do in prayer. It's just part of who I am. But that process helps me keep those fears and anxieties at bay. I mean, I hope this doesn't sound like I'm not realistic about things that happen. I mean, if I have a flat tire, is that a, well, it's a realistic concern, but that doesn't evoke fear and anxiety. I just change the tire. Buy a new tire. I mean, that doesn't produce fear and anxiety. I don't live in fear and anxiety. So I would encourage you to, you know, make sure that you're walking out of fear and anxiety. Boy, I may email you separately with some books that I think can help you in that. I mean, being a voracious reader, I'm drawn to things that, I don't read things that induce fear and anxiety. I don't, I don't watch television that promotes fear and anxiety about what's happening. So I'm careful about what I allow into my brain, into my mind, my soul, my spirit, and make sure that those things are not going to allow fear and anxiety. You know, golly, here's an example. I'll end, I'll end with this today. This is, when we get to the chorus, you know, you'll recognize it instantly. It's you too. These are the kind of things I want to be floating through my mind at any given point. The things I read, the things I watch, the people I hang around, the music I listen to, everything is building the positives that I am absolutely confident are coming. These are the things that I encourage for people who are part of this community. People who are moving toward the positive new year that we know is coming. This is what I have play on my cell phone every time it rings. This is what I hear. Hey, we'll just fade out with that today. That's a great way to end. It's a beautiful day. I hear that over and over during the day because I have that on my phone. And it just relays the message to my brain. Yes, no matter what's happening, it's a beautiful day. I trust that it is for you as well. It's a beautiful day.